You are listening to Natural Born Alchemist. Welcome to episode number 165 of the Natural Born Alchemist podcast. My name is Alex and I'll be your host. In this episode I'm going to share some trips that I've had and no I'm not talking about when I went to Prague, Panama or Paris. I'm talking about another kind of trip and I want to share some of the most important visions I've had on these trips and in order to make them enjoyable I hope I've created a sort of 20 minute audio experience. But before we get to that, I want to talk a bit about my first LSD experience, which was kind of a failure. Um, Ever since I started working with psychedelics, I've always used what you could class as natural, like, you know, ayahuasca, mushrooms, uh, iboga, and such, such psychedelics and uh, I I never used or tried LSD because I felt like it was some sort of chemical even though you know everything is a chemical in a sense and it's also hard to get your hands on but eventually I did get my hands on LSD and I tried it it was a nice experience and I had visions and I, I entered that psychedelic realm and but I don't know if it was because I knew what I, that it was LSD that there was, I don't know, there was something not as good. And I can't put my finger on what it was, but there was something fake about it. Um, and I think I have to try it again because I can't really evaluate it properly because... When I did the LSD, I broke every single rule that I have regarding doing a psychedelic ceremony. I broke them all. I uh, did it right after coming home from work because I was going on a trip, a normal trip, and I wanted to try it before I went on the trip. And that's not a good idea because you have to be relaxed before you do it. I, I I was not rested. I had not slept a lot in the previous days, so I was extremely tired. Also something I don't normally do. I mean, I, you have to be rested and you, you can't be tired when you take the psychedelic. That's completely stupid. I also did not prepare mentally for it and I did not make the space I was doing it like safe and sacred in a sense and I also did it with a friend because I figured that this person would need some psychedelics due to personal circumstances and uh, because we were speaking when we, when we were doing it uh, we infected our minds with the uh, things that are not good like for instance he kept asking me how long how long has it been and so this eventually forced me to think about time and that's a really bad thing to do I mean you shouldn't be looking at your watch when you're (laughs) doing psychedelics I mean like you just 
asking to be insane. And uh, so the first half of the experience was great, but you know, all you know, after I was getting tired and I was like, I just want to go to bed, and it was like another because LSD can last twelve hours, so I had another like seven, eight hours left, and um, the stress of just coming back from work, everything infected the experience. So it it was really bad. Not bad that it was scary, just like. Not it wasn't enjoyable at all, so I kind of fucked that up. And uh, the good thing about all this is that it showed me that the strict rules and regulations and that I have when I do psychedelics, the way I set up the ritual and and how I prepare in advance and during and after and all that, it just proved to me that those things do work. Because when I did not do them, the experience was not that nice. So I'm going to have to do it again at some point and uh, prepare for it properly. And make sure I've slept plenty and uh, make sure I uh, am mentally and physically ready to do it. Because I think only then will you have a great experience and actually, what is a great experience? Well, it's when you get something from it. You know, uh, wisdom, insight, and, and healing, of course. Now, the audio experience that I've created, that I mentioned earlier, it begins with a short mention of the fear that might arise before doing psychedelics, especially when you ingest the dose that I do. And when you increase the power of the experience by sitting in complete darkness with all your intentions firmly fixed in your mind. Uh, And I talk specifically about the fear before smoking DMT. But I guess what I'm saying applies to any psychedelics. And I can also add that the visions I will share have been had on a wide array of different psychedelics. But mainly ayahuasca, iboga and DMT. So first we'll hear a bit about the fear and then uh, I'm going to share some of my visionary experiences. Enjoy. The first thing that happens is fear. An intense fear. The more I've done it, the more fear I experience. This is one of those things when experience is more of a handicap than being in novices because I know what is coming. My hands tremble as I hold the pipe. I attempt to light it a few times but I chicken out. I try to calm down and I know that being calm is the best state to be in but when you are standing in an airplane with the door open and no parachute on your back and you are about to jump, well, you would tremble a bit. The only comfort I have is the fact that in 10 minutes everything would be back to normal, but I also know that 10 minutes can be an extremely long time. Another part of the fear is not the fact that I'm scared to do it, but that I know I will do it. When I'm sitting there committed, I never back out, so even if it frightens me, I know that I will take the leap. So it is not a question of if 
the hammer is coming down, but when will it? When will I light the pipe? I do know that when I eventually get the courage to smoke, I only have a few seconds to successfully get at least two massive hits into my lungs. But the nervousness of doing it makes it a feat on its own. And once the first hit is done, everything comes so quickly and in such an intense fashion that I question often the sanity of doing another hit. And if I manage to do the second hit, there is a terrifying moment right after where I question if that really was the right thing to do. And even a more terrifying moment when I know that it doesn't matter what I think was right or wrong. Because it's too fucking late to do anything about it now. There is no parachute, no way to step off the train. It is going and all I can do is hang on to my socks and hope I can survive the next 10 minutes. I will survive, I know it's safe, but knowing such things is irrelevant when inside the experience. The experience itself is so overwhelming that fear takes over completely. Eventually, the internal debate of trying to find a reason not to do it always comes to an end and I pick up the pipe and I let it rip. I hear a sound like breaking through the sound barrier. It's followed by a chrysanthemum-like geometrical pattern that is in a constant transformational loop and it sparkles all the colors of a diamond-encrusted rainbow. It approaches me like a speeding train and explodes in my mind. I'm back. On Zanzibar, in Stone Town, there are hundreds of 18th and 19th century large doors made from wood. The doors are engraved with beautiful geometric or floral designs. The jams are heavy. Large brass spikes adorn many of them, and tourists buy small miniatures to bring back home. It was this type of door that stood before me, although much larger than the doors in Stonetown. This door I am speaking of was larger than any known universe in existence. It was massive, rectangular, and oozed a deeply ancient pre-Big Bang ambiance. The door was covered with extremely gorgeous and mysterious patterns unlike any I've seen before. It seemed to be made from some sort of dark type of wood. There was no house behind the door. It hovered on its own in the midst of true dark nothingness. I could sense that there was something behind it. There was a noise like a heartbeat. Thud, thud, 
thud. I cannot recall now if the door opened. Or if I managed to slip through the cracks. But when I wished to see what was behind it, I instantly saw what was there. A machine was the source of the thuds. It looked utterly mechanical with pipes, valves, pistons and pumps. Very complicated and of a gigantic size, much larger than the door itself. It was autonomous and somehow I, I understood, telepathically perhaps, that none knew who had built it. Only that it had been built an infinity of eons ago. Although I did know and saw what it was constructing. Every second, every heartbeat, every thud, 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 a universe was ejected from its pipes. Out they came. Complete universes. One after the other. And had done so for all eternity, past and future, forever. On my part, there was only awe. It was long ago, no less than 10,000 years, perhaps more. Before me a vast desert spread out as far as the eye could see. In the horizon, partly covered by clouds, several mountains towered. Sand blew in the air. An old woman with a shawl wrapped around her head walked into my line of sight. With her right hand she held a walking staff, almost twice her height, and at its top hung a lantern. She seemed to be a leader or chief of sorts. She was a strict, stern and strong woman. Suddenly she turned her head and looked at me. In her left hand she held some sort of metallic orb, Inside this orb, a light was shining. She extended the orb towards me, showing me the light. It was extremely bright. It broke the vision apart. A few days later, the Bewiti people in Gabon, told me 
that her name was Awani, which means wisdom. I was rocking back and forth trying to focus all my past traumas and negativity into my stomach. I forced all that nasty energy into my gut. All that hurt I've suffered, all the disappointments, all the anger, everything. I channeled it into my belly. I began to glow. What I call the star child awoke, emerged. The warrior stood up. Power surged through me. Now I was ready to expel everything I had collected. I began to puke. Get the fuck out of me, I told the ball of shit I had formed in my gut. And it was a deep, heavy vomit. The most foul and disgusting vomit I have ever tasted. All the bad energy from my whole life was in that vomit. And now it was in my bowl. I asked for a fresh one. I could not have that vomit anywhere near me. I wanted it out of my presence. I splashed my face with water. I was sort of baptizing myself, purifying myself. I laughed when I had the thought that I should go and take a shower. Love changes everything. Previously I had told all those negative energies to get the fuck out of me. But this time I forgave them. I let them go. Love is pure. Letting go is true power. I cried. I saw my life and how it could actually be lived. With love and by letting go nothing energetically harmful can ever touch me. I puked. It was one simple barf. It was dry. It did not even taste anything. It was very strange. Perhaps it did not taste bad because this time I simply let everything go with love instead of condemning and damning it. I was lost, eyes open, eyes closed, no difference. My conscious mind was completely detached from my body and my body was nowhere to be found. This of course caused me a bit of panic. On my right side a creature was working on me in what to me seemed to be some shamanic dancing movements. I knew I was having a complete boundary dissolving experience. I could not tell even if I was drawing breath. I desperately tried to find something to hang on to. I did not have a body, no nose, no eyes. I was not physically present. I was only aware, conscious. Just as it is difficult to question everyday reality, to claim that it is not real and permanent, just as difficult was it for me to question where I was at this time. 
in this other realm I found myself in. It was solid, wonderful, beautiful, confusing. It was real. I was lying there on the ground. Around me people danced, ran, clapped, sang and lit torches. I began to consider that perhaps it had not worked. Perhaps I would not receive any visionary experiences. It was at this point I opened my eyes. Everything had been so real that I forgot that it was not, which makes me think and ask, what is? I once saw a unicorn vomit a rainbow. 
Sometimes when driving to work, I record myself. And when I do this, I talk about various films that I enjoy and highly recommend. Films that might be unknown to you. Films that are sometimes under the radar, but not always. I call this segment the moving image in a moving vehicle. I don't have these in every single episode of this podcast, but now and then when I feel like it. And I do feel like it in this episode, so let's listen. Peter Weir directed a film called The Mosquito Coast that I think is a good film if you haven't heard or seen. Apparently the book is even better. I haven't read it, but uh, that's usually the case. But since I haven't read the book, I think the film is very good on its own. And it's starring Harrison Ford and uh, River Phoenix. And it's about an inventor who lives in, uh, in America and he, he's upset. He's upset about the current state of affairs. You know, he, there's a, this quote, quote, he says that, you know, Americans, they buy junk, they sell junk and they eat junk. And, uh, you know, that's true for all us, for all all humans in the westernized world you know we buy we sell and we eat junk because that's you know everything we have and in our lives is junk the only thing that really has any value you know is love whoever your partner is your mother or your father your children you know love compassion peace of mind freedom these are things of value everything else is basically junk and uh, distractions and usually the cause of problems you know there's nothing that will cause you more problem than greed uh, and the mosquito coast in the film the mosquito coast this Harrison Ford character that he plays this inventor he he has this invention where he can create ice and so he uh, he travels to to the jungle and he wants to find you know because he says that ice is civilization if you if you can get ice uh, you know you change the game so he wants to go to a place where they don't have ice in a hot tropical area of the world and he wants to find like indigenous people there and you know provide them with ice and build a new civilization that doesn't buy sell and eat junk but of course you know to build a utopia you you know usually when you start you have a great idea for a utopia but it always ends up as a dystopia which is kind of what this film is about and so uh, I recommend if you want to see a good film that has some philosophical concepts and ideas then you should watch Mosquito Coast directed by Peter Weir 
We are going to listen to the song Send Me a Sign by Sam Quick from the album The Way Forward. Go to samquick.bandcamp.com if you like what you hear. You can also go to naturalbornalchemist.com for access to more content and links to the social media connected with this podcast. And if you don't have anything better to do, why not write a nice review on iTunes? Next Sunday is going to be the second episode recorded at the Altered Conference in Berlin. And the focus will be on esoteric maps. Freedom is in the mind. Just a wonderful vibe